Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insights Channel. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today, as our guest, we have Al Silvestri, who is Partner and Chief Marketing Officer of Coffee Labs, an interactive content agency. And uh, we work with a lot of agencies around the world, and I have never seen an agency as cool or unique as Coffee Labs. So, Al, welcome to the show. Nice to meet you. So, um, it's hard to do justice even within this interview, but uh, I had a chance to look at a lot of your reels and work. Uh, it's, pr it's pretty fascinating. So uh, maybe just start off giving our uh, audience an overview of your company and some of the work that you're doing. Sure. So um, Coffee Labs, we're a young agency, um, very nimble, um, focused primarily on a couple of different categories. So one, uh, the company's broken up into a few different areas. You've got Coffee Labs. That's sort of an incubator model. Um, Coffee Boost, where we're doing most of our amplification work. So when we build something in labs, we amplify it either through media buys, um, blogger influencer networks. Um, and then the other category or the other division of the, of the agency is called Coffee Live. And that's where we take live events and we, we inject and infuse a high level of digital. Um, great way to measure the effectiveness of an event. Um, focused a lot on touchscreen technology, projection mapping, um, audience scanning, being able to, to really measure and, and, and see how, a, uh, how an audience is reacting to the content that's being shown, regardless if it's a live concert or if it's a, even a curator, someone speaking at a podium. You can actually look at a, an interactive dashboard um, and, and, and through our camera technologies and our recognition, you can see what the level of engagement is in real time and then adjust your speech. Um, it's a lot of work that we do. It's, it's fascinating. So one of the, I was watching, um, there was a clip on Oppenheimer and I think it, it was, uh, it was a booth, right? And you went in and their potential were actual investors and you, uh, you were comparing their reaction to different overviews of funds to actually how they thought they should invest. And then I think it was what it was kind of maybe, well, you could probably do better justice than I could. Yeah, <laughs> but, so that, that so. was a, that was a whole experience that we developed, uh, based on, um, trying to define what optimism is. Um, optimism is, is sort of a, one of those tricky words and, and tr tricky emotional experiences is understanding how, um, how optimistic a person is and equating that to what your risk tolerance is. Um, what your behavior is when it comes to investments. Um, so that was a, a really fun experience. Um, started out with some wearables. Uh, we had over um, seven different cameras built into this booth that measured everything from how you shifted in your chair. So it starts out by watching uh, a video called Stimulize. Um, and then we want to see how your body's reacting to that, um, regardless if it's robotics in the workplace or if it's some other type of uh, topic, um, how your body reacts to that. There's subtle hints that come along with that as well. Your body shifting, moving closer into the screen, pulling back, pupil dilation, GSRs, um, heart rate, um, your body temperature. Taking all that data and then merging it all together starts to paint a picture of how you feel about that content. Um, but of course, it starts out with how you verbally reacted to it. So you may say you feel about uh, a topic a certain way, but your body reacts very, very differently. Um, and Oppenheimer is one of those brands. 
um, great brands that are really open to innovation and, and trying new things and approaching uh, they approach certain uh, issues a, a little differently. So we uh, we uh, we do some pretty great work with them. So um, in my head, I'm just thinking of it. There's a lot of pl- applicability for what you're doing. So what are some other ways where you could use experiences like that? How would how would marketing executives be able to use that? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll give you another one. We uh, we worked with another brand about a year and a half ago, uh, a brand called Medtronic, and um, we literally took biometric sensors um, and built them into a stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, where this Super Bowl, uh, this past year's Super Bowl was at. Um, and what we wanted to do is, Medtronic is a company that makes heart valves, a medical company, mm-hmm. and we wanted to see what the vitals of the stadium were in real time. So we put over 20 sensors throughout the stadium, measuring everything from decibel level decibel levels uh the amount of pressure emitted by sound um the way people navigated through the stadium where the ball was on the field at any given time um basically measuring the emotional intensity of the audience and then taking that data visualizing it in real time and then pushing it across different screens throughout the stadium um so you in essence could look at the screens and through this artistic impression you would be able to see what the mood of the stadium was in real time. Um, that's a very, very different way to look at content and to look at how someone or an audience is, is reacting. And you're talking about measuring over 70,000 people at any one given time, all in real time, um, and then visualizing it. That's a really good way to, to, to describe the, the type of engagements we build for brands. I guess it gets you to really rethink that white paper, huh? Yes, 100%. 100%. Um, Are they falling asleep on page four? Or no? <laughs> And it's funny because we're going back to the Oppenheimer project, um, it's funny because that all happened before the elections happened. Um, and we actually took that booth to the Republican convention and to the Democratic convention. And, and it was fascinating to see how, um, for better or worse, uh, we actually were looking at the data post each of those conventions, and we started to realize Republicans were actually coming out far more optimistic than Democrats, um, which which is interesting to, to see what the results were from that election. So um, biometric technology, regardless if we're using um, wearables, invasive technology or non-invasive technology, um, the amount of data that comes from um, from biometric experiences – Image recognition, AI, um, is fascinating, and, and that's a that's a space coffee's playing in in a very non-traditional way, very very non-traditional. So, what was your uh, vision for starting this business, and then as you continue to grow and expand, you know, how, yeah. how are you adapting and changing? You know, how are you how are you going to market? Yeah. So, uh, one of the things I, I've I've seen over the last 12, 15 years is uh, when you put a brand first, when you put the brand's needs first, you start to quickly realize that solutions become a little bit easier to, to come to. Come to. Um, technology obviously has made things a lot, lot easier for us, um, especially if you know how to use it. Um, I'm also looking at what agents, other agencies, our competitors are doing each day, um, sometimes each hour. And, um, and and we take what we're doing very very seriously. We we, we try to we try to evolve our business every day. Um, as the digital landscape shifts, we shift with it. 
um, sometimes people say, uh, uh, what are you working on today? And it's, it's hard to, to sort of keep track because we're not really here to do AR experiences or VR experiences or even biometric experiences. We're really here to, 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 to use technology in very non-traditional ways um, and then and develop solutions for clients. Um, we're the type of agency you come to when, when a client says, I've got an idea or I want to do X, Y, or Z. I just have no clue on how to pull it off. We're the ones that figure it out, regardless if it's 100% digital um, on your phone or on desktop or if it's, um, or if it's a, an experience we're developing for live events. Um, it doesn't really matter. Cool. So another way of saying it, you make the impossible possible or you make 100%. dreams come to life kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. A hundred percent. So how do you, um, and how do you measure yourself and, and what are you holding your team accountable for? Because these ideas are so varied from one client to another, how are you measuring your performance? Okay. So, so the way we measure, um, each, each, each assignment, each campaign we work on, um, it varies. Uh, depends on what the experience is, regardless if we're developing a, a touchscreen strategy for live events. Um, we're usually measuring it by time spent. Um, if we're measuring uh, the effectiveness of a, an ad unit we might be creating for Microsoft, um, it, it might vary and it might depend on, on uh, click-throughs. It might depend on um, – engagement is really what we're really basing a lot of our – of our attention on, especially lately, um, capturing someone's uh, attention, recall uh, is something where we spend a lot of time on. How do we use different tools to, to measure the effectiveness of our campaigns? Um, it's something we're constantly evolving. But again, I think at the heart of what we do, especially lately over the last year and a half, um, the work's been so diverse that um, to say we measure an effective, the effectiveness of a campaign one way really would be doing injustice to the type of work we do. Um, lately, for example, we've been doing a lot of live events. Um, and again, you wouldn't hire us for a cocktail party, but you would hire us if you are doing a, a big event and you want to measure how people are engaging with it. I mean, even, even as simple as you know, your, your typical lousy photo booths that everyone knows about. How do you reimagine that? Um, and that's what we do. How do we create something that everyone's familiar with and we put a spin on it? Uh, in fact, just recently for Oppenheimer, we actually created a DJ booth for financial advisors at a financial advisor conference. A DJ booth where uh, you'd have financial advisor actually going up to this interactive kiosk and they'd be playing with these dials and mixing music and it'd be reflective of the market conditions. Um, to, to have someone who's wearing a three-piece suit who's focused 100% on financial matters to actually start playing around with dials on an on interactive kiosk that affected a 20-foot by 18-foot LED wall um, – it's a different experience that they've never had before. It's something no one's ever seen before. At these conferences, they're usually giving out pens with little logos on them or hats or uh, little koozies. Um, that's not what we do. We, we um, develop something that's truly unique and experiential. So I'm curious, so because, because everything is unique and different, are you, based, are you using an hourly model? Uh, to price, I mean, how do you um, how do you come up with an estimate no, since these jobs really, are so varied? Not really. We, we basically, I mean, yes, we do de determine how long it's going to take us take us to develop it or fabricate it. Um, so we do come up with there is a model per se, but 
I got to be honest with you, a lot of times it comes down to how excited maybe I am about the assignment, about the project. Um, sometimes if it's something that um, that we've never done before and it's a challenge and it's going to add to our portfolio, especially in these early years that were the coffees in existence, we do put a, place a lot of value on on doing something that's different. Um, we might do something at a dramatically lower cost only because it excites me and the team and it, it's, uh, it, it gives a lot of value to our portfolio. Um, but there is a model that we have in place. We know how long it's going to take us to develop XYZ uh, type of experience and we charge against it. Um, but fundamentally, it's about doing great work with great brands. And that's a, something I see on a daily basis is does it achieve that, that, that thought? Is it a great brand and is it great work? And if it fits within that, those two priorities, then we, we tend to get excited about it. So what do you look for as you, you're building your team from the ground up? Um, what kind of skills are, are you looking for? What kind of culture are you assembling? Yeah, yeah. so we tend to look for um, people that are open-minded, people who understand technology. Um, I think at the heart of it, though, I, I do look for people who understand uh, how, how humans behave and understand them well. Good communicators. Um, you can learn the technology. Um, it takes time to, to, to learn how to build these experiences. But if you're a good communicator, if you understand uh, how humans behave um, with their phones at live events, uh, I spend uh, probably 50% of my time just watching people and seeing how they interact with their phones on a daily basis. Uh, years ago, I used to go to my daughter's soccer game and I used to watch how parents filmed their kids. I mean, they'd film hours and hours of this shit, and um, and you know, you're looking for literally 30 seconds of highlights. And I, I and I remember developing a really fun tool. Uh, actually, one of the first apps I ever built was was off of that that watching people and how they behave with their phones. Um, and that all happened at my daughter's soccer game. So um, that's that's uh, that's something that I, I I look for in other people as well. So. Uh... Here, here's a, a, a challenge for you. I don't know if you've thought about this, but um, you know, we're mo moving more and more to uh, a voice-driven web, right? Where there's yeah. not even going to be a user interface anymore. That's right. Um, so how do you then... Or a screen. Or yeah, a screen. no screen, right? So it's ubiquitous. So then how is a company like yours, then how are you going to help tomorrow's marketer um, have... Because really, it's all conversation-driven, right? So what is yeah. marketing going to look like three, four years from now? How do you build interactive experiences with no screen? Yeah, so um, so there's a lot of exciting new technologies that we're looking at as well. Uh, first of all, it, as I said earlier, it's all about communication, regardless if it's a if it's a conversation you're having or if it's a, a visual experience that you're 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 you're, you're involved with. Um, and, and I say involved with because um, at coffee, especially um, we. Another sort of phrase I lean on heavily is we build content that's meant to be experienced, not just consumed. Um, and, and the content, you become part of the content. Um, regardless if you're, you're today watching it on a screen and tomorrow you might be engulfed by, by a projected image. Um, we, we, we're big believers that um, it, it's about the experience. And frankly, I don't care if it's about uh, a voice interaction or if it's a visual interaction, as long as the experience at the heart of it is what comes across 
and engages that consumer. Um, the fact that we haven't even scratched the surface on, on voice yet is, is super exciting for me. That's a whole other world that, that I'm just literally itching to get involved with. And, and in fact, we just launched something recently with AR with voice. Um, super exciting and the potential is, is phenomenal. So that's a hot button for me. And without saying too much, uh, I think what coffee is going to be doing in the voice in the next 15 months is going to be pretty mind blowing. Well, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for it. So, uh, Al, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you have a great company, really exciting to see some of the things that you're doing. So really appreciate your time today. Yeah, well, it starts with a great team, and that's what we've got at Coffee. We've got a great team, and everyone plays a, uh, an important role in, in what we do. So, um, so I appreciate your time, and thanks for the interview. You bet.